You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! You know, there's a scripture, a very popular scripture that people say, but it came to me this morning, and it simply says, I was glad when they said, who can finish it? Hallelujah! And so I had that feeling, I had that excitement to come to church, and that scripture came to me. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so glad you could all join us this morning. So, today we have a very, very interesting topic we'll be talking about, and I won't be doing it by myself. I'll be joined by a very special couple, who I'll bring up shortly. <laughs> I'll introduce them at the appropriate time. But before I do that, I wanted to frame the conversation and just sort of give you a context of what we'll be discussing and why we'll be discussing what we're discussing. So to help me do that, I'm going to refer to two scriptures. The first is Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. And if we can just have that on stage so we can read it together. It's one verse. And while we're waiting for that, the second scripture I'll use will be Romans 12. And we'll voc- well, the whole of Romans 12 is amazing, so when you have time, read it. But today we'll focus on verses 9 to 13 and verse 21. Okay, so now we have Genesis 1:21, And I'll read it out very quickly. It says, So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that secures and swarms in the water and every sort of bird producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. So 22. 22. Today. (laughs) Okay. Then God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. Okay. Now, can we go to Romans 12? And we're going to read from verses 9 to 13. It's a bit of a long one, so I'll really appreciate it if you can read it together. Are you ready? Are you ready? So we'll start with verse 9. So don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. And then if we can have 21. Okay. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Amen. So today we're going to be speaking about, I mean, the whole theme of the month has been love and relationships. And today we're going to be focusing on how to behave like a Christian in a relationship. Now, from reading in Genesis 1, we saw that God created us in his image. And we know that God is love, so we know we are created in the image of love. That's who we are. And it's interesting because we've seen a lot of relationships break down. Some say 
you know, it's been aggravated by the COVID situation. Um, there have been really sad uh, statistics around increase in divorce rates and breakup during the pandemic when people were forced to live together and really confront each other. But today we'll be discussing around the fact that there are two things that really help people treat each other the way God will have us treat each other when they're in a relationship. The first is realizing that you are a child of God. You are created in the image of love. You are love. The second is that the person that you're in relationship with is also a child of God, created in the image of God. And basically, when you're in that relationship, you're stewarding on behalf of God. God expects you to love them the way he loves you. God expects you to treat them a certain way. And then we looked at Romans 12, and that sort of broke it down for us, the sort of behaviors that we should see amongst ourselves. I summarized it very briefly as kindness. We saw a scripture on kindness, asking us to be kind. Generosity, diligence, making efforts, you know, putting effort in the relationship to grow the relationship, forgiving each other, and not repaying evil for evil, but repaying evil with good. I didn't say it, the scripture said it. So with that context in mind, I'm going to bring on um, a very special couple. Um, they've been part of LifePoint for a very long time. I'll let, you, I'll let them come on stage and tell us who they are, how long they've been married, and all other exciting conversations. But we're going to really drill down and try and understand how they've been relating with each other in love so we can learn from it. So without further ado, I'm going to ask Mr. and Mrs. Akindele and Joko Phillips to come on stage. Thank you. So Joko recently had a baby. It's nice to have her back physically in church. Okay, where would you like me to sit? In the middle or? Okay, let me sit. Let me sit in the middle between them. Cool. Perfect. Okay. Is everyone okay? Fantastic. Thank you all so much. Um, thank you, Akindele, and thank you, Joko, for joining us this morning. Um, I think I'm going to start by asking Akinile to tell us a little bit about you guys. So don't go into how you met yet. I want to know how long you dated, how long you've been married, and I want to know um, how the marriage has been in just one or two words. One or two words. Um, yes. <laughs> we met 20... 20... 14. No, Joko, you have your turn. <laughs> you know, let me tell you something very interesting. If you ask my husband how we met, his story is different from how I met him. I don't know how <laughs> that works. So we'll start with Akidele. Please tell us so, how long you dated this young lady. And, so we, we, yeah. we met 2014, but we dated for about a year, thereabouts, um, before we got married in 2018. Mm. Um, and it's, it's been God working in both of us in the marriage, um, mm. keep learning new things um, on a daily basis, right? Yeah, said one or two words. Yes, perfect, thank you. Okay, Joko. Okay, so 
if mutual friend sets us off on a blind date, um, this was in August 2014. Yeah. Specifics. More specific. <laughs> Um, and we were good friends for three years. And like he rightly said, we started dating in 2017. We got married in May 2018. I can't do two words, Dami. For oh, now, don't okay, worry. We'll um, drill down. Um, oh, God, that's tough. I would say it's definitely been, um, like one of the words Dami said, maybe stewarding, so learning how to steward our gifts. Um, grow, it might not be the right word, but I think we've both grown a lot and we've stretched ourselves. Fantastic. Thank you, Joko. So you said it was a blind date. You guys have been together, married now three years, and you're growing, you're learning, and it's been great. Fantastic. Okay. So Joko, how did you know that Akindele was the one you wanted to marry? Because um, I'm sure he wasn't the only person you ever considered in your single years, but somehow you decided that this was the man you wanted to spend the rest of your life with. So how did you come to that decision? I, I have a bit of a background on this. So I want you to focus on the fact that before you met Akindele, you had a very famous list of 21 things that 31, okay, that a man had to have for you to marry him. So I want to know how Akindele ticked those boxes or how you decided that he's the one. Please let me add this disclaimer. I made this list in January 2014, a week before I turned 25. So, uh, you know, I mean, it was a different season in life. Um, there was a period after that, honestly, that I didn't want to get married. I gave my life to Christ in 2016. And I remember saying to God at one point that, you know, whoever you want me to be with, I need to feel peace. I didn't really understand what I was saying. So I know my response might be funny for some people, but that was particularly important for me because I didn't want to feel like I had married wrongly. So I remember one time, Akini and I went out for dinner and I was talking to him and I just felt this peace. And I'm like, this is a weird feeling. I don't know what this feeling is. So I need to go and explore it again. Um, but it's interesting how God heard exactly what it is that I needed because I won't lie to you, I was very afraid of marriage. I saw marriage as, ah, you enter, you're kind of trapped. So it was very important for me that God led me with that decision. Fantastic. So what I hear is peace. You had a peace, and that peace caused you to jettison your list of 31. No. Okay. So that means, um, at this point, uh, I had let go of that list. Too. So my list was now down to three. Love God, love me, and we're physically attracted to each other. So that was what, so that 31 had become three. Because really and truly, I figured if he loves God and he loves me, some of the things I was asking for in the list, it went out. So you're not even making sense. Because I went to read the list last night and I was like, Choco, you were clearly having a laugh. So yeah. can you tell us some of the things that ah, were quickly that's... deleted from that list? <laughs> that's actually why I brought up my phone. Number 25, he wants a partner, not a maid. <laughs> <laughs> mean like you know number eight taking vacations together it is not a waste of money when we can afford it one together another with the children at least once a year okay. i mean there were 31 things you know so but some of them oh, i won't lie they were good number 30 wants to support our kids in different things learn other languages apart from english and yoruba you know now i mean you guys put it so these are some of the things that i put 
in my list at the time, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing, Joko. Okay, so Akindele, please, how did you um, know that Joko was the woman you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? Mm. Um, so I'll say from the first date um, in 2014, right, we really clicked. Um, we shared um, similar values um, during that conversation. And even though she wasn't ready then, so we just, then I used to be some quiet, but I am the party person, meaning my house was games night almost every month. So and I just invite 10 people, but my house is always filled with 50 people. Wow. So she was a regular. And mm. So we still, keep, <laughs> we still kept talking. She was exploring the peace she had. Well, possibly, right. Um, so, I mean, just to also put it in context, um, when I became too serious and about it, and it was like, nah, that was like within a year, I just moved on with my life. Um, so I focused on what I was doing, entrepreneurship, meeting people, having the games night you come, um, several other dates, and all of that, and all of that, up until a particular time she reached out, that let's go out for dinner. And, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you saw, you got the newsletter from my firm. Please, guys, <laughs> did I not tell you that the story is always different between both parties? She remembers now. Okay. okay. <laughs> and then you were happy when she reached out? Yes, and it was timely because, um, okay, so we had some family friends out last night. I was going to London the following weekend, if you remember. I was actually going to also talk to someone wow. that we're almost getting close. Wow. Right. So if she didn't come and had dinner then. Hey! I did not know this. So, no, you so, didn't tell me this. Joko, yeah, so Joko, was, you are a so woman was, of the spirits. <laughs> you are a woman of the spirits. The Holy Spirit prompted you and you acted. Let's just So funny, so I was going I was going for that wedding and then she had travelled. She missed the plan. So she traveled the night before I go into London. Mm. But we had talked the week before and we just this was it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think this is a good place for a round of applause, actually. God is really a matchmaker. Okay. So can you tell us a bit about how uh, the feelings you had for each other, you know, was like when you were dating? And when you compare it to now in marriage, is it the same in terms of feelings now? Maybe I'll start with Joko. Um, I would say it grows. Mm. Um, and, but at the same time, you're also stretched. So there was something that Kennedy explained to me once shortly after we got married. Mm. That when we're dating, we used to see each other for a few hours. I have to realize that. Because like he said, it's quiet. Me, I love to talk. So you can imagine we get home and then I'm like, oh, let me just, let me just, expecting Akinele to respond. And Akinele is like, I'm listening now, I'm listening. I'm like, don't just listen, contribute to the gist. So <laughs> it's true. So all these things, you had to learn how to also adapt to that. And sometimes it can be very, it was a bit annoying. I won't lie to you, marriage taught me that I had a little petty petiana inside me. I used to judge petty people before until I became one of them myself. <laughs> so, but one thing I would say is that it stretches you because you also learn how to be more accommodating. So I had to learn that if Akinele is quiet, it doesn't mean that there's a problem. That's just what he needs at that time. And that's okay. 
But when we're dating, obviously, if he comes to my house after work, of course he's going to talk more because he's only seeing me for a short period of time before he then goes home. So I would say that marriage definitely stretched. Mm. So you talked on something quite interesting, which is that, um, first of all, he's the quiet one and you're the more chatty one. And so there are times when there's things he's done that hurt you, but you forgive him because you understand that it's not... His intention is not to hurt you. Yeah. It's just who he is and what he needs at that time. Akindele, can you speak to us more about having to forgive each other in marriage? What sort of situations? If you have an example, we'd really like to hear it. So what role forgiveness please? You know, sometimes when you love someone in a relationship, everything is just boom, boom, boom. You know, you don't really practice forgiveness because you are in love. But when you enter the marriage, you're still in love, but you're now face-to-face -face with each other, and then your personalities are being come, you know, engaged daily. And then that charge that we have to dwell with each other in understanding and forgiveness begins to come. So can you give us an example of how that has worked in your marriage? Um, so I would, I would say one key thing that helped um, is the premarital counseling. Uh, we had a very good experience with PT. Right, um, and it gave us several assignments, including how identifying time you you guys have a misunderstanding, then clearly plan how you will be resolving it. Right, it really helped. Um, I'm a finicky person, right? I have a lot of OCs, so shoes. I can't operate where where it's scattered or the bed is not laid or it's not like she's she's um, she's not tidy, but I'm just I'm an extreme person. So you place the cup where the cup should be. I'm that kind of person, right? Um, so you, I probably, probably thought I would be talking about financial. What was causing problem was OCs, <laughs> not, uh, not any of the regular things. And that's me, right? But um, there's one word, forbearing. So forbearing basically means before the person actually hurts you, you've understood that the person loves you. The person is just the person, right? So no matter what that thing is, you had actually forgiven the person before it happens. Mm. Otherwise, um, because I summarized it this way, doesn't mean we didn't have days where we're not, um, we're not happy with each other, right? Mm. Um, but I think that word has always helped, um, at least for me as a person, uh, with, especially with my, <laughs> my personality, right? Yeah. I love that. So, you know, you touched on something again from that Romans 12 scripture. We talked about, you know, sort of putting in the work. So you identified areas that, you know, brought clashes and you, you found a way to resolve it early. And that for you guys is A, knowing that I've forgiven her even before she does it, and B, sort of having that conversation ahead of this is what I am, this is what I like, and this is what I don't like. Okay, but Joko, my question for you now is, did you know this before you married Akindele? Did you know that he was a finicky person, He's an extremist, he has a bit of OCD, as self-confessed. Um, and if you did, why did you go ahead and say, because I, you know, from what I know about you, you're different. So why did you feel that you know, we can work together even though we're different? Okay, so yes, I knew. Um, I remember any time I used to go to Akindele's flat, as I'm entering, he's basically cleaning after me. Because I'll take off my shoes, he will move the shoes somewhere. And I just used to be like, well, one day he will get over it, right? So I knew. 
Um, I remember once in counseling, sorry, I got to say this story. <laughs> That's, he told PT, I had cereal and milk spilled and I didn't clean after myself. I said, which milk? Unless it was one tiny little droplet, I didn't see it, you know? So I knew, but at the same time, I also knew that it would make me a better person. So before we got married, I used to make my bed on Sundays. Once a week. Because it didn't make sense. Why would you make the bed that you're getting right back into? But I am proud to say, yes. <laughs> it didn't make sense, please. Okay, so it seems Joko has quite a large group of women that support her. <laughs> Guys. But then I wouldn't lie. Forbearance is important. <laughs> Continue. Since we got married, we now have this unspoken agreement that whoever gets up last makes the bed. And honestly, I'm used to it now. So I feel like even if Akinele was not around, because before COVID, Akinele used to travel a lot. So if he's not around, I'll still make the bed. I didn't used to think to myself, oh, he's not here, so he can get away with not making the bed, you know? So he rubbed off for me a bit, you know? I'm not to his level, but, you know, I make my bed every day. You stepped day. up. I stepped up. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Again, I wanted to focus a bit on, you know, speaking the truth to each other, but in love. So it seems like in marriage, they're just the things that maybe when you were dating, you felt like, I'll just ignore it. I don't have to say it to him. He'll get over it. But then you enter a marriage, and now it's every day. So you're like, no, 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 I can't just endure. I need to speak out and be heard. How do you do this without hurting the other person? Because we know that words are very powerful, and the way you say things makes a big difference. So how do you guys manage that? So I'll say two things there. Um, first was, I, we learned before we got married, when you have to say those things, don't send a message. Don't type. Okay. There was a major fight or two we had, and quickly narrowed down and said, look, because I typed it, when you read it, what I wanted to say wasn't what you read. Right, so I'll, if there's any tip I'll tell anyone, when you have those misunderstandings, speak. Right, if, if, if possible, do Zoom. Make sure you're seeing the person so that you can communicate what those typing, even in work, at work, sometimes the message is read um, the other way. Um, so, so the second thing is, I'm still working in progress there. So I'm a quiet person, um, but the good thing is she picks it, that there's something deep, right, because I want to say, I'll just push it away. I don't want to engage too much in those kind of conversations. Um, but over time, she picks it, and then she'll make me talk, right? And then we'll discuss it. And say, so why didn't you bring it up? So I'm working in progress there, um, just to be honest, right? Um, but the best thing is always communicate, um, share these things. And then once you have that forbearing, forbearing spirit, yeah, it will be resolved. Fantastic. And Joko, how do you, I mean, do you feel like there's an environment where you can speak the truth in love? And how do you, how have you worked around that? Because I, again, for you, you are the more chatty person. So how do you make sure that in your cha 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 you just don't? <laughs> um, so one of the things that we've learned, or like Akinele said, we're still learning, is really how to have that conversation and not take it the wrong way. So personally, I think, I think I'm a more sensitive person. So there's sometimes you can even say something to me and I hear, another thing 
because my brain is saying this is what he's saying, this is what he's saying, even though that's not what he necessarily said. Um, like Akinele said, he's less confrontational. So I have to, I don't think I'm even particularly confrontational like that. But I think one thing we're learning is that we need to have those difficult conversations to grow. Because you can't ignore them if you actually want to grow. So it might not be the conversation you want to have at the time, but just like Dami said, when you see a pattern, you want to bring it up. Because at the end of the day, we're supposed to also help our partners become better versions of who they are. Fantastic. Well done. So you sort of bring up the conversations, but you don't type it so that they don't misunderstand what you're trying to say and you make sure that you bring you speak in love you know there's a scripture that talks about let your words be seasoned with salt so we're you know we're having a genuine relationship but we're addressing these issues in love not to hurt or shame the other person or to show them up but for growth and for the please do um, so when Akinele said that we don't um, type to each other, it's true. But sometimes, what I've done a couple of times is send him an email, but let him know we're still going to have a conversation about it. And the reason why I've done that is because sometimes when I'm sitting in front of Akinele, I might find it difficult to articulate myself. Why? And I, know, I don't why? know. And then I'm not hearing myself. And love. I'm like, you, you're not even making sense. So how can you, you know? Okay. So okay. sometimes I find that it's easier sometimes, not all the time, to write it out, but we're still going to have a discussion about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Now, I want, I'm going to come back to that, the importance of seasoning your words with salt, so to speak. Um, but before then, I wanted to talk about kindness. You know, the scripture also spoke about be kind to one another. So I want, us, I want you guys to tell us how you express kindness in your marriage, maybe how you did it before you got married and how you do it now. Particularly as, I mean, tell us, you know, your love languages, are they different? Do you receive kindness in different ways? And how do you show kindness to each other? Okay. Um, so before we, we got married, uh, where we were, we were just friends before we started dating. Um, apart from the games night, which she was a regular, um, she had started her business then. So once in a while when she was, um, she had thoughts in her head in terms of strategy, mm. right? Um, even up until choosing your logo then, we're just friends. Um, we will have lunch or what have you mm. to just discuss. So we have lunch and then we're discussing strategy, wow. right? Um, and that was just me. Because so even as a friend, you were interested in her business, in her yeah, career, in yeah, her progress. Yeah. Lunch meeting to discuss strategy, to take <laughs> her forward. So, what, what a good man. <laughs> Thank you. So now in marriage, um, we, like you would expect, have different love languages. Um, so mine, it's um, giftings and um, words of affirmation, right? And then ours is um, different. So obviously, and sometimes you tend to force your love language on your partner. Mm -hmm. So I'll quick, mm -hmm. my, my mind just went to a story. While we were just still friends, there was a Valentine period where I saw so me gift her. Mm. So I can look, especially so I, I grew up with women, um, sisters, fantastic right? Fantastic gifter, I can't lie. So Please I can. Clap for mm -hmm. Akindele. He's a fantastic gifter. Mm -hmm. So, and that became because I grew up with women. So I can see a lady 
and I can almost tell what you like, and I can get your sizes and all of that, right? Wow. So there was a time I sent... Um, <laughs> I grew up with women, so I used to shop for my sister, travel, and all of that, right? So, um, so I sent a major gift, and she had to call me, like, you didn't have to return this. Wow. <laughs> but for me, that's my own expression, right? Um, but it wasn't really that... It wasn't ours. She likes gifts, but it's not the real thing. I mean, thankfully, she accepted it, right? Um, so, okay, so that was just... No, so then <laughs> at the time, I was like, ah, me alone, all this. Wow. But I wasn't going to return the chocolates, I told you. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so so now, fast forward, I'm in marriage. Uh, I now understand what uh, uh, love, love languages are. And obviously, I'm working and making sure I'm channeling my effort to those mm. specific ones rather than forcing my own love, love language on her. Fantastic. So, you know, you show her kindness through your love language. That's how you show kindness. But also, the way she likes to be loved, you ensure that you love her that way. You know, awesome. Joko? Uh, so my own love languages are quality time and physical touch. And I think it's very possible for your love languages to change because I didn't realize how important physical touch was for me until we got married. Um, so before I would have told you it was um, quality time and words of affirmation. So again, of course, like he rightly said, he understands that sometimes he needs to just sit down with me and listen. Of course, so one thing I've noticed that Kennedy, though, when it's interesting, whatever it is I'm talking about, he will contribute to the gist. But otherwise, you'll just be like, let me just listen to Joko. He can always repeat what you've said back, Shao. So he has, he's, he, like that Miss husband said to Luke, that he's an active listener. So even though he might look like he's not listening, he's actually listening to you, so he can repeat to you what you've just said. But um, I've also learned how to um, kind of speak his language. I don't think I'm particularly great with words of affirmation yet, but I think I'm a little better with gifting. But like, he, Akinele can gift. Oh my God. When it comes to me, like, what should we give this person? I'm like, why are you asking me? When you know already what we should give to this person because you're so much better with the ideas when it comes to gifting. Fantastic. So he gifts you and you also, you show kindness to him through, you know, the way he likes to receive kindness and the way you know how to show kindness. So we've already touched on generosity because that's another thing the Bible mentioned, being generous to one another. But we've spoken about generosity with um, gifts. You said time so that he gives you his time, spends time with you. There's also prayers, affirmative words. We'll discuss that. Do you guys want to talk about prayers? How do you pray for and with each other? Um, so earlier on, we used to maintain this, especially before the wedding activity itself. Um, and part of our wedding ceremony was a testimony to, because in terms of heat happening where we wanted it to happen, um, so what we did then was Mondays, um, prayer and fast. So in the evenings after work, when we meet, we'll pray. Um, fast forward, we maintain that, maybe not as regular as before, um, but when there are burning issues, um, whether in entrepreneurship, in business for her, or me with various things I do, mm. right, um, I let her know on time, and we pray and fast towards it, mm. right here. Yeah. Fantastic. And Joko? Um, this one, I have to go with you. Basically, what she said. So, Fantastic. Yeah. So, align. Yeah. Fantastic. Praying with and for each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation, but I'm looking at the time, and it's going really fast. And there's something I really wanted us to touch on. 
And it's going to take us a little bit back to before you got married, right? Because I know that quite a few people here are not married yet, but there's many people are in relationships. And there's one aspect of relationships that I believe that these Christian standards of kindness and generosity and speaking the truth in love also applies. And that's when we are ending a relationship. Now, can you talk us through a point in your life where maybe you ended a relationship or somebody, someone you were in relationship with ended a relationship with you and you know, just how that made you feel compared with this seasoned with love marriage you are now experiencing in Christ? So my last relationship before um, Akindele, he ended it with me. Quite frankly, I was saved, even though I didn't know it at the time. Um, but obviously at the time, I felt like I was broken. Um, so after he ended the relationship with me, we now started talking and behaving as if we were in a relationship again. And I remember one day he calls me, he was in London at the time, calls me, I was at my bestie's house to yours, and she was like, you're behaving as if you don't have sense. They, no, I'm serious, you know sometimes you need a friend who can call you out like that, that I can't pick up that phone call, I'm not going to talk to this person again. And I mean at that time I didn't have God in my life, we didn't end a relationship on any kind of godly terms, because it now became a a real fight between my ex and I. There was no love in the ending of the relationship. It's so funny, when Dami spoke about this last night, about how to end your relationship in a godly way, I'm like, is there such a thing? You know, like I asked myself that, I won't lie, but I think any relationship that I had been in before I came in, I don't know about ending it in any super, super godly way, but eventually you shall walk away from the situation. I know that it's over. But again... When I was now with Akindele, so Akindele is the first person that I was with when I had given my life to Christ. It was a different kind of relationship. So it's not fair to also compare. Because at that time, any relationship prior to Akindele, I would say that, ah, you're doing what's best for you on your own terms. You're not doing it with God in the picture, you know. But with Akindele now, you have to also think about God as well in the picture. Yeah, so it was also different. So fantastic. So being in a relationship with someone who is a child of God and sees you as a child of God, the, the context is completely different. The way you treat each other is different because you have that accountability to somebody greater than one of you. I remember a time when I had a breakup. Um, and so it's a funny story. It wasn't funny then. It's funny now. I had been dating this young man and, you know, so we were not in the same city. So we would have to travel to see each other. But, of course, we would call each other every day because the love was very hot. Anyhow, so the calls reduced to once a week, to once in two weeks. And it's not like I won't call. I'll call. He won't pick up his phone. And then maybe after two weeks he'll call. And then we'll talk. He'll say he's been busy with school. I'll say, okay, we'll have a great conversation, and that's it. I can't reach him again. But, you know, after a while, once in two weeks, straight to once in three weeks, straight to once in four weeks, and I'm sure at this point you're all thinking, why was I not reading the writing on the wall? But, you know, I just felt like, no, that why would somebody just disappear? If he's not interested anymore, he would tell me. Why would he just... That's what I was thinking then. So, anyhow, one day... I went to um, 
So, and then I couldn't even go, he wasn't coming to see me and I couldn't go and see him because, as I said, he wasn't even calling. So there was no way to find him except I just show up in the city and be a real nuisance. Anyhow, I went to church one day and the pastor that was preaching said, um, some of you are in relationship with people that are not in a relationship with you. Guys, it was a rare moment for me. <laughs> it was like the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see what was going on. And what he was doing was he was just keeping me hanging on just enough. So anytime I had thought, oh, I'm going to end it, this guy has ghosted me, he will call, have a 30-minute conversation just to keep me interested enough, you know. And, but that message, my eyes opened, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes, and I was able, I was able to see that. This is not a relationship. This man, as they say, is ghosting me slowly but surely. I have a boyfriend. He doesn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> it's time to call it quits and begin my healing journey. And, you know, I say this laughingly, but then it was very serious because heartbreak is a serious issue and stuff. But, you know, with the help of the Holy Spirit, my healing began. Of course, I broke up with him and, you know, life continued. And by God's grace, I'm in a relationship now, a marriage where I'm not afraid that he would ghost me. If we have an issue, I know he will tell me. Do you understand? He will tell me in love. And that really makes a big difference. I love that Joko asked that, is there really a godly way to end a relationship? And as we wrap up, I just want to share two scriptures. And it's about two Josephs in the Bible. So I'll start with the first Joseph. The Joseph in the New Testament. Well, not the first the Joseph of the New Testament. Now, if we think about it, Joseph was in a relationship, right? He was dating this amazing girl. He proposed to her. She said yes. Hey, they put it all over social media, told all his friends, sent out invites, booked, uh, I don't know what hall do people use these days, a co-hotel, everyone was going to be there. He had bought his suit. He had paid part payment for her white dress. And the next thing, breaking news, the person he was engaged to is pregnant and not for him. Devastated. He's thinking, what? You know, why? Why would she do this to me? He's hurt. He's angry. He's bitter. How's he going to tell everybody? He's going to tell them, you know, all the pictures he had been posting of both of them on Instagram. He has to start deleting it. Wedding invite. He has to tell everyone it's canceled. How is he really going to manage this? But you know what the Bible says? There's a scripture in Matthew chapter, if you guys can put it up for me, that would be great. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. And the scripture simply says, so this is after all what I have said had happened. And the scripture said, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. This guy decided that, you know what, I'm not going to shame her. I'm not going to embarrass her. You know, she's done me greasy, but I'm just going to tell her I'm not doing it again and try and move on with my life. He could have really gone all out. He could have really, and I mean in those days, he really could have put her in the public square for them to stone her and shame her. But because he was a righteous man that had been hurt, he said he wasn't going to treat her that way. He was going to do it the honorable way. So that's one example. 
Another example, if we go to the Old Testament, is for those of us that have been on the receiving end. So we've been in a relationship, and I mean, it doesn't even have to be like a romantic relationship, even a friendship or a family. And we think about Joseph in Genesis and how his brothers had mistreated him. They had sold him out to slavery. And then eventually, uh, you know, to call a long story short, they had come back to him in their time of need. And that was his moment of, <laughs> today is today. God will know that you people are wicked people. And I will let the whole of Egypt know that I came from a wicked family, but God delivered me. But that was not Joseph's response. Um, if we look at the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. If you can put that up again, I'll read it as well. So he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So God had given him a godly perspective of the issues. He was within his right to show them evil for evil. But he said, no, I'm going to repay evil with good, which is what the scripture in Romans 12 that we, um, you know, that we read also said. And so those are two examples of how to manage uh, relationships when they have to end. It's not an unnatural thing. Sometimes that has to be done. But it doesn't stop the person from being a child of God, right? And if we have the power to ensure that someone does not have to deal with more hurt than necessary, we should really remember that we are made in the image of God, and they are also the image of God. They are God's child. Um, thank you so much, Akindele and Joku. Thank you for what you thank shared. You. Please, can you help me clap for them? Really shared a lot. But before you go, you're going to help us. We want to do some praying, a little bit of praying. I'm going to ask Pastor Akindele to pray for um, relationships in general. I'm going to ask you to pray for healing for people that have been hurt in any way because of the way people have spoken to them or treated them and that God will begin that healing process in their lives. I'm going to ask you to also pray for relationships and marriages that God will make us resilient, strong, and flexible. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we pray, please? Our Father and our Lord, we thank you for a moment like this. We thank you for the different lives here. We thank you, first of all, that you love us beyond what we can explain or comprehend. We thank you for your deep love towards each and every one of us. You created us perfect. And for us all, you've created a partner for us. Um, I lift up all existing relationships here um, into your presence. I ask, O oh Lord, that you guide our thoughts that you help us to align our relationships to expectation of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let there be genuine love. And for any relationship that needs to end because it's not, it's, not, it's not created on the premise of you, we ask, oh Lord, that you guide the individuals involved in taking the right step and being and able to move to the right one in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We ask, oh Lord, importantly for those who are hurting today, uh, whether relationships are ended, or conversations that are held um, that kind of affected the self-esteem of members of this um, assembly. 
We ask, O oh Lord, that you heal these hearts, that you help them to understand how important they are, how perfect they are as human beings, Amen. and understand the fact that male and female have you created, and there's someone special you've created specifically for them. We ask, O oh Lord, that you also, we ask for connection, that you help them to be at the right place at the right time, at the right games night, at the right church service, at the right fellowship, at the right association, that indeed they shall connect with their partners in the mighty name of Jesus. And when they connect, O oh Lord, guide them, O oh Lord, to be able to build their relationships on you, that at the end of the day, most importantly, they shall have fulfilled relationships in Jesus' name. Amen. And adventure, there be anyone here um, who's not met Christ. Everything we described here today including Pastor Damlola's women marriage, is only because we brought this before God and we found ourselves in relationship and marriage um, which Christ is a foundation. And if there's anyone here who has not met Christ, because the first step is you having a personal relationship with Christ and knowing that you are spectacular, knowing that you are special, knowing that you have love of Christ and while you live your own life in full love is when you will meet the right person. Um, if there's anybody like that, could you please raise up your hand? Or peradventure you are in with Christ, you are in love with Christ, you have known him, but you deviated because of the hurt you felt in the last couple of months, um, because of a relationship that didn't work, or because of how people have approached you, conversations you've heard, what people have said about you um, concerning your love life. This is another opportunity to, to reconnect with Christ. Christ is looking forward to bringing you back into his fold. He said he's going to leave the 99 and come after you. So today is the day where he's left the 99 and he's after you. And he's after you with love. He wants to fill your heart with so much love and fulfillment and hope. I mean, if there's anyone like that, could you please raise up your hand while all eyes are closed and all heads are bowed? Please raise up your hand so that I quickly pray. It's going to be a short prayer. Raise up your hand. God wants to show his love. He's bringing you back. Thank you so much. I can see that hand. Um, anyone, anyone else? Just 10 seconds and then I'll be taking prayers. Just quickly raise up your hand. While all eyes are closed and all heads bow down. Please raise up your hand. Thank you. Dear Father, we lift up your son and daughter into your hands. Thank you for an opportunity to reconnect with you. Thank you for the love, love such that Jesus Christ came on earth to lay his own life, that we may have life in full. We thank you for this love that cannot be, that cannot be purchased. You bought us all with your love. We ask, oh Lord, for these lives. We ask that you reconnect them to you, Lord. Um, and for those that raised up your hand, please say after me, Dear Father, I thank you for your love towards me. I thank you because you love me beyond my imagination. I lay down all my cares and my sins and worries before you, knowing fully well that you, Christ has paid the price in full on the, on, on the, at the cross of Calvary. I declare today that I'm a, I'm a new person and I'm connected to Christ in Jesus' name. Dear Father, we lift up these souls into your hands and we welcome them into the fold. We thank you that these are the ones you ran after living the 99 and we declare that they become a new being, that they're filled with love. They're filled with love to an extent that they become an expression of your love on earth. And we also declare, oh Lord, that they shall begin to be at the right place, to connect with the right partners. And indeed, we shall celebrate their relationships um, no sooner, very, very soon in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for your love once again, for in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. amen. And the people of God said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Akindiri, and thank you, Joko.
Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.